Welcome to another Alia Graphic Creator Chat. Um, my name is Jurgi Urrutia from Kingston Libraries in Victoria, and I'm also the convener of Alia Graphic. Today we have two incredible guests that I'm, I'm so happy to have both of them together. And I think it's going to be a really beautiful conversation. Uh, but before that, uh, first, as a national group across the land we call Australia, I would like to first acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land and acknowledge that sovereignty was never ceded. This was and always will be Aboriginal land. Personally, I would specifically like to acknowledge the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, who are the custodians of the land from where I'm speaking and where I work as well. And I pay respect to the elders past, present, uh, past and present of all First Nations people um, across the land. Now, uh, Jason and Remy are with us today, and we've had both of them on our podcast before, and uh, we had their books featured in our notables, uh, notable Australian graphic novels list as well. Uh, so uh, welcome today to uh, Create a Chat. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. It's, it's an absolute pleasure. Now, uh, we've had you before, but... Uh, just in case there's someone who doesn't know you yet, uh, would you like to introduce yourselves briefly? Uh, so who are you, where you're speaking from, and what's your favorite thing to do apart from making comics? Maybe Jason? I'll go first. Yeah, um, I'm Jason. I'm based in Adelaide. Um, but uh, yeah, firstly, I'd also like to acknowledge that um, I'm meeting on traditional, um, traditional country of the Kaurna people. Um, of the Adelaide Plains, and um, yeah, just pay my respect to elders past and present. Um, I'm a graphic novelist, and I make animation and um, and do like designs for animation as well. Um, my first book came out a couple of years ago um, with Treasure in the Lake, and my latest one came out um, maybe three weeks ago. Um, it's called Ember in the Island of Lost Creatures, and um, yeah, um, yeah. As I said, outside of that, I do um, like uh, designs for animation and a lot of production design stuff, and I also make my own animation. Um, and apart from from all that stuff, um, I, I like to play with my three year old daughter. Um, I don't have a lot of time outside of those two things, but um, yeah, just uh, I, I like to play soccer as well. And um, yeah, just whatever I can do, <laughs> whatever I can fit in. Apart from that, just relax, just resting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm looking forward to the Women's World Cup now, actually. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I was annoyed that I couldn't watch games. the opening game last night. Yeah, yeah, good stuff. And what about you, Remy? Uh, yeah, hi. Uh, I'm, I live in Brisbane, um, and I'm an author and illustrator, and... Um, mostly of graphic novels. Um, and um, so my latest book would, of course, be a ghost book, this one. Um, and um, hobbies. Uh, it was really hard to find a hobby because uh, for a long time, drawing and writing was my hobby. <laughs> and now that I'm doing it um, for work full time, it was uh, I would say it was really hard to find a, a hobby. Uh, <laughs> so I don't know if I found it, uh, but I spent a lot of time um, with my dogs here. One of them is here. He's woken up. Yeah. <laughs> cool. The famous dog I've, seen, I've only seen on Instagram. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> famous, definitely. Yeah. So we've got these two books. They're amazing. Um, I'm, I encourage everyone to read them. Uh, I absolutely love them. Thank you for sending this to me. Uh, they're amazing books. Uh, amazing graphic novels. My My son is 12 years old. And the first thing I did was give them to him, and he absolutely loved them as well. He was so excited, and he really loved uh, your art styles as well, which we're going to be talking about that as well, because he has always been a voracious reader, but just lately he's um, he's started making comics himself as well. And, uh, you know, he's never done any drawing class or anything. He's just figuring it out by himself. But... Uh, yeah, he absolutely loved that. So, uh, but could we talk maybe a little bit about your creative process? So, how do you start with your graphic novels? And do you write an outline and a script and then do the thumbnails, or do you go to thumbnails directly? Or 
what does the story kind of come fully formed or you just have a vague idea what's your process you want to start maybe remy yeah sure uh i think for diff uh it's Uh, the starting idea and like how the ideas come about would be different for different books. Um, so I'll just talk about Ghost Book. Um, so this one, the idea first came to me um, with the characters. So these two, the main characters, uh, July uh, and William. So they came to me in my head like many years ago. Um, and I, so they appeared in my head and I knew that um, one of them was a ghost or something something like a ghost and they were friends and that um, one would sacrifice for the other. Uh, but I didn't really know what the story was. And then I tried mm -hmm. fitting them into many different stories over the years. Um, but it wasn't right until I figured out um, that uh, the hungry ghost angle. And then just once I figured that out, the story clicked into place. And then once I got that, I started um, writing Um, so for me, uh, because I, I work closely with my editor, so I would send him like a really short few sentences, uh, pitch to see whether he likes the premise. And then if he says yes, um, then it would go into outlining. I like to do outlines, um, <laughs> because if I, if I, uh, pants my way through a story, I would write like a, uh, a million words of a story that goes nowhere. <laughs> so for me, I like to outline it. Um, and then, uh, from there I would start, uh, writing. And uh, I don't really do thumbnails just because I cannot read my own thumbnails. <laughs> and I go, it's so small and, and too rough and I just can't read it. So I, um, I would just go straight to sketches and laying out um, the, the whole thing after the manuscript is finished and after I've gone through rounds with my editor editing the manuscript, then I would go, move on to the sketches. So that's basically my process. That's cool. Uh, um, with my son, like, you know, I'm trying to stay a little bit, uh, like, leave him to do it. I don't want to, you know, be butting in all the time. But um, but uh, that that's one thing that I said to him, like, you need to have at least a little bit of an outline so you know where the main story beats are. And then you can still change it and improvise as you go, you know, creating every panel or every page. But, you know, at least it, it's a bit of a map where you're going and, and um, it's, it's working pretty well yep. yeah so i i mean i don't know me uh for me i learned the hard way that i need an outline <laughs> <laughs> but i do know other authors who don't need outlines who work better yeah. without outlines so uh i guess it's important to try what to try different methods and see which yeah. one works yeah. yeah how about you jason Yeah, I um I've definitely learned the hard way as well. I think with Treasure in the Lake, I just like started drawing pages, like not even like sketches. I was like, I'll just I'll just it'll be fine. I'll just make I'll just draw it and I'll make it up. Because <laughs> yeah, I think I had in my mind like the idea of these characters finding a lake. And that seemed easy to get to. But as soon as they got there, I just had no idea what was happening, <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. So I kind of developed a bit of a process during that book um, of um, I think also pitching the book. You have to actually present an outline. So I was like, oh yeah, I'll, I'll do an outline, and then I realized like, oh, they're really they're really useful <laughs> to, to plan. So I think now I um, I I do a similar thing. I do I do um, do thumbnails, and I can't read them either. They're almost like just <laughs> memory prompts or something for me. Um, But yeah, I, 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 my basic process now is I'll do an outline that generally is, um, it's kind of like too long for a, for a short outline to present, but too short for, for something like really useful. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll do the outline, try to get it down to like a page. And I feel like if it's working on a page, then it's like a nice overview and I've got a good, yeah, good overview of what the story is. And then after that, I'll, kind of split up each scene and almost like you kind of like unfold it like an accordion, like you're trying to get more detailed and more detailed, but not try to lose sight of that whole, the, the overview that you're kind of happy with. Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. I think, I think that's been working the best for me. And like, it sounds like you're like for your son to be doing that at this age is definitely got a huge head start on, on how I worked. <laughs> well, it, it's, uh, uh... Yeah, as I said, it's hard not to butt in all the time because I really want him to find his own style. But, yep. you know, 
I was a teacher before, and I also uh, and I was a media studies teacher as well. So yeah, you know, it's kind of ingrained in my in my brain. Like you know, you need yeah, this, you need that. Uh, you know. Well, I know with um, yeah. I, I might be completely getting this wrong, but I, I thought I read somewhere that um or or seen uh uh Miyazaki, the animation director, working. Um, and it seems like he does just kind of go straight ahead with his storyboards mm-hmm. and just kind of work the story out, like almost like from a linear fashion <laughs> from the, the start to the end. Um, so and you kind of get a different result, maybe like you get more of a, a little bit more of a stream of consciousness. Um, yeah. Thing to it. And I guess if you, if you, if you're making so many things, you start to, you start to kind of, um, uh, if you've made so many things, you start to understand the the uh, the highs and lows of the story as you're going you know yeah. you probably don't you don't need to plan it as much but yeah i, I definitely do need to plan it a lot and uh, <laughs> look even though he retired about 10 years ago he he is releasing a new movie this year <laughs> yeah which i'm really excited about so uh, yeah, yeah yeah i'm dying to see what he's done um so uh next question do you work with pencil and paper or digital or a mix of both What's your process? And uh, yeah, let's start with Remy again. Yeah. Uh, ah, yeah. So for me, uh, I do digital just because uh, paper and pen is really slow for me. <laughs> um, I make a lot of mistakes, and um, I just I it, like right now. I think Ghost Book took me ten months to draw, just to draw, not even to color, <laughs> just to draw. Um, and digital digitally. So if it were on paper and pen, I don't know how long it would take. Um, two years maybe. And also, I hate scanning, so <laughs> so digital works best for me. Yeah, I, I um, I, as I said, I, I did do um, thumbnails, and I just did them on paper. I, I've got one; they're so they're so little, and they're like that big. I probably the blurring's like ruining <laughs> the, the picture, yeah. but um, they're so little that I can't write any detail, um, and I can't I can't even write dialogue or anything. Yeah. But the yeah, I, for for Ember, I I did decide to do that, and and um, behind me is like a big magnet board, and I tried to put it up there like a big uh, kind of like a storyboard, like how you see like animation studios do, yes. <laughs> so you can move the story around and stuff, and that was really helpful. But um, it it did, still did end up. Well, I think I I didn't scan it. I like photo. I took a photo of each one, and had to pull it into Photoshop. Um, and um, yeah, I I, th- I feel like um from the outline to the story to the thumbnails to to doing the final thing like it the story kept changing anyway that um yeah it wasn't um but yeah after after uh doing these um uh, pen and paper um uh thumbnails i did yeah it was 100 percent um digital after that yeah. i just work in photoshop Sorry, sorry, Jason. Uh, I'm curious. So you mentioned um, the dialogues earlier. So, uh, so you don't write a manuscript, do you? No, no, I don't. I so don't write a script. When do you decide? When at which stage do you decide the dialogues? Um, through the thumbnails, I kind of like I'll put little th- uh, speech bubbles that are just kind of like um, it's kind of like just trying to find like the rhythm of the dialogue. Yeah. And kind of, I'll, I'll write um, little things in the corners or on the back of just things almost that they need to say. Like, um, no, if if I have a really nice idea that I like about, um, uh, like a, a single piece of dialogue that comes to mind, then I'll write it down. But a lot of the time, it's just like, uh, you know, it's just it's just information that I I, I need to put in. Um, so I'll probably write the dialogue um, as I'm. As as I'm setting up the page, like the the final layouts, um, which is yeah, I I don't know if it might be one of those things again where eventually I'll start just writing a script and I'll go oh this is way easier <laughs> I should just do this but I, I think that um so much of it is like because I have so many ideas just just purely on the layouts and the 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 flow of it that I feel like if I wrote a script then I can't I can't see how it slots in yet. So I, I feel like I don't want to don't want to write any. Yeah. Do yeah. do you write a script? I do. Uh, so yeah. from my outline, I write a script, uh, yeah. and then from there, I do the layouts. Uh, yeah. Um. 
for me, my script is pretty much set in stone. Not it's not a hundred percent, but I, I if I could see that it doesn't work with the layout, and then I, I just change it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's probably a better way to work. Really. <laughs> no, I think whatever works for you. I mean, it's working for you. So. <laughs> yeah, I kind of like I I can can imagine what the characters are sort of saying and what kind of what they need to say. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I'll figure that out at the end. <laughs> Yeah. So at at which stage um, does your editor come in and look at your work? Um, probably at the at the fir- the initial stage, just the outlines, um, just making sure that like thematically it, they, they they're happy with it, um, and then um, I'll do like a really really rough um, layout pass of the whole book in Photoshop, and just and I'll just put in a lot of rough dialogue. Um, through that um yeah and i think once they're if they're generally happy with that then i'll I'll go through and lay it out much better and um do do better drawings and yeah yeah, cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There, there is a big gap i guess um between uh between the the initial outline and then the seeing visuals for me because yeah. because they can't really understand what's happening and there's <laughs> the silence yeah it's it's really really interesting to to hear how different creators work because I've heard all sorts of different things. So, you know, it's, it's beautiful. And I think um, at the end of the day, it's whatever works for you, you know, yeah. and it's obviously working for you. So, but what's your favorite part of the creative process? And maybe we'll start with Jason this time. Yeah, it probably is that outline stage just because um, you, you can change things so easily, like change giant sections. You go, oh, I've got a better idea, and you just write it in. It's a new paragraph, and also, um, uh, it's 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 perfect at that stage because you haven't you haven't had to execute anything yet. So you're 100 like this is the best thing ever. Um, mm-hmm. And then and then as soon as you start drawing it, you're like, oh, I'm not quite happy with that drawing, and that dialogue's not quite right, and yeah, <laughs> so. <laughs> So yeah, I like the outline stage because it's all big ideas. Uh, yeah, for uh, yeah for me, uh, I think I really like the revision process of the manuscript. Uh, my editor will probably say I'm lying, but <laughs> but when I when I get his notes, um, I get really excited because uh, now I can see like how I can improve um, the manuscript. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, I would still complain and whinge about having to revise a whole lot, but uh, I, I think for me that that is one of the most exciting parts. There's a there's a Simpsons writer um, that I always think about called um, I don't know if anyone's heard of John Swartzwelder. He's a, he's like a the classic Simpsons um, writer. And it sounds okay. similar that he um, he always says that he he. Uh, he essentially writes the whole a whole episode of The Simpsons in in like one afternoon. He'll just go up and just just write it out with just the worst dialogue, just pattern dialogue of like what needs to be said. And he's similar. He says like after that, it's really easy, and he loves it. But that that initial stage of just getting it all out is really painful. And then after that, it's just this nice thing where you just decorating yeah. it and you know. Yeah, slightly improving, tweaking, and yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Um, now, um, as I said, my son read your graphic novels and loved them. And he um, actually commented on your art styles as well. He really loved them. And as I said, he's starting to make comics. He's trying to figure things out. And he wanted me to ask a question for you which is, by the way, not in the notes that I sent oh. <laughs> before. This is a new one. Um, so uh, the the question is, what was the hardest thing for you to learn uh, uh, when you started drawing comics, and what did you do to improve? What's your advice? Ooh. Should I go first? Yeah. Yep. Um, hardest thing to learn. It was probably... Um... I mean, I, we've already talked about it, but uh, the, it probably was that planning, really, of like um, of trying to get that overview. Um, yeah, I think so. And then uh, apart from that, um, I, I went through um, a lot of different um, art styles, trying to um, to narrow down what what Treasure in the Lake would look like. Um, 
I, I come from uh, doing animation and with having to use like lots and lots of different art styles. So you, I, I didn't really have one style to work with. I think initially I wasn't using line work and um, I was just kind of paint, trying to paint everything. Mm-hmm. And I was, I was like, I'll make something really different that doesn't look like a comic. And then slowly I started going, oh, there's probably a reason why people were using ink and um, yeah, it looks nice on a page and it kind of corresponds to the, the to the writing and um yeah so it took me a long time to figure out what what the comic should look like <laughs> yeah how about you remy uh yeah uh so for me also similar to jason remember I, you start drawing because you get excited and you realize oh <laughs> the story doesn't work because i mean i i i learned of course the hard way that the story i think really always comes first um, I mean, and a good art and good artwork will really help lift that up. Um, but without a good story, it's really hard. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, so I also I grew up reading manga and I grew up copying um, all the different art styles in manga. And then, of course, later on, I graduated to um, other comics from like North America and uh, French comics. So I did, when I was a kid, I did try out all the different styles. And um, so for now, I also actually really enjoy like deciding which style should go with which story. Um, So for example, for Picasso, um, the dog book, the style is actually a little bit simpler um, than Ghost Book. Just because Ghost Book, I think it's for a little bit older uh, audience because it's a little bit spooky. It's not very spooky, but it's a little bit. So that's really fun. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. And you've also done early reader graphic novels as well. Yeah, uh, and wh- that one had to go even simpler because I knew that I had to go yeah. to schools um, and then I like to do drawings with the kids. And so I need to be able to teach them how to draw simple yeah. things. So yeah. uh, I went with a simpler design. Yeah, uh, and they are beautiful and they're, they're really doing really well. Like at the library, when they come back, they go, they fly off the shelves. Yay, you thank know. you. <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, but which actually brings me to kind of the next question. I, I mean, uh, Treasure in the Lake and Pocasso were your first graphic novels. And and um, and they were really, really well received. Um, and, um, you know, and at the moment also, like, junior graphic novels, middle grade graphic novels, like, they're flying off the shelves. Uh, uh, in libraries, at least, uh, you know, well, what's it like suddenly being in the middle of this uh, kind of popularity? Did you did you expect that kind of response, or was it a surprise to you? Should, should, Jason, should I go first? Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, yeah. It's a very fortunate, I think, um, that it's it's kind of um, I've started making them at this time, um, where there is such an appetite um yeah and it's yeah i think i think i started trying to pitch um treasure in the lake in 2012 or something like that and in a way it was kind of like fortunate that i didn't get picked up back then um just because it's the market's grown so much um yeah like there's been a there's been a few um big creators um that have really yeah like um made it made it a, a huge thing for kids um so yeah very very fortunate and yeah very appreciative <laughs> yeah how about you yeah for me yeah i also felt like uh finally because <laughs> yeah. i've been making comics for so long and then you know it's like finally the the others are catching up the publishing world is catching up so yeah. <laughs> i think the readers are always were always there but then we, they were waiting for the publishers to catch up <laughs> yeah i mean pie in the sky was very well received as well so yeah yeah thank you yeah I, I, yeah i probably um i probably started making comics because of that that big wave of books as well to be honest like i, I probably wasn't reading that much um um before you know 2010 10 or, or 2009 or something like that yeah. i think i started reading books from like no brow and started um yeah, I just started that it was kind of on my radar a bit more. And I think I started making comics because of all that. So I'm kind of a product of of the wave as well. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. So Jason, you've done animation as well and and children's shows and things like that. Uh, uh 
Remy, you also published fiction, <laughs> you know. Uh, uh, so w- when an idea comes to you, um, how do you decide if it's going to be an animation or or a prose book or or a co- or a graphic novel? Or do you know from the start, or what's it like? Yeah. Um, uh, for, for me, um, uh. I, I kind of came into comics because I really wanted to tell like bigger stories. Um, uh, with with animation, it just takes so long to like. I remember working on like a a six or seven minute um, short film, and it took you know probably like twenty people about three or four months to 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 make this short film, and and it's only a sh- very short little story as well. So I think I started to get a bit um, dissatisfied with. With with telling yeah such small stories that especially um it's it's hard to do dialogue as well in animation so I, I wanted to tell a big story about um characters you know talking to each other and um yeah so so I think coming up from that um yeah any any big story would definitely be um I'd I'd, I'd be looking at graphic novels for but I also haven't made animation for for a while um that kind of longer animation yeah. How about you, Remy? Uh, are you gonna be doing another uh, book, a prose book, or are you like, uh, no, I'm loving doing graphic novels and I'm not looking back? Yeah, well, uh, Pie in the Sky is has a bit of prose, but I actually, when I first got the idea, I, I wanted to do to do it as a graphic novel just because that's what I did. Uh, but then when I started drawing it, I realized it didn't really work because the main character doesn't speak English. So he doesn't speak a lot. <laughs> uh, that means the if I want to know, if I want readers to know what he's thinking, I would have to use a lot of uh, thought uh, balloons. And I just, I don't really like that. <laughs> and so that's why I thought, that's why I went uh, with half prose for that one. Um, and then I, um, I have a book coming out next year called uh, Read at Your Own Risk, which is uh, in a similar format to Pie in the Sky. It's half prose, half illustrations. Yeah. Uh, it's a spooky book it's a lot scarier than ghost book and i just thought that it it didn't really work as a graphic novel uh it's in a diary format and it's a lot spookier when i don't really show them what's going on instead i use words so that they can imagine the scary parts themselves i think that's a lot scarier so uh so for me when i get my ideas i do have an i i do have like um an opinion on what the format should be but then and as i'm writing it um i might change <laughs> So, uh, let's talk about your new books, all right, because uh, this is why we're here. So, um, Jason, Ember and the Island of Lost Creatures uh, was published last month, and, and it's an absolute delight. I absolutely loved it. Um, it's a really, really heartwarming book, and I had so much fun with this one. Uh, um, for those who haven't read it, can you tell us what the story is about? Sure. Without major spoilers. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, so uh, the story follows Ember, who's um, this this little. Oh, it's going to mess it up again. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that was better. Um, this little guy, um, and he's really little. He's like tiny um, little boy who's like I think he describes himself as like the size of a teacup. There he is, <laughs> next to his friends. Um, so yeah, he lives alone in this giant city. Um, and he kind of wants nothing more to than to go to school and make friends, um, and uh, he really struggles obviously because all these all the uh, the kids at school are giants. Um, and then one day he meets he kind of what gets washed out to a beach, meets a, a sea turtle who promises to take him to this mysterious island um, that's full of um, other little creatures um, where he can go to school and. Um, and yeah, go on adventures and learn about the world. And uh, when he gets there, he still struggles to make friends. Um, and he kind of has to unravel this mystery that threatens him and his classmates. Um, the book's kind of about it's people often say it's kind of like about fa- found family. Um, the the turtle that he meets is kind of like his adopted mum. And it's yeah, just about also you know struggling to fit in. Um, in like a new social environment. Uh, I went to a lot of schools, I think like about nine schools over my primary and high school. So I got very used to like starting school and I really wanted to represent that, that feeling of starting a new school. (laughs) 
Yeah, even though it's a, a weird school with little bugs and salamanders and stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, th- well, that that makes sense. That's a lot of schools, by the way. <laughs> yeah, it's too many. Yeah, <laughs> we don't even know why, really. We, we often joke with me, and my siblings, about whether we were in like a like a witness protection program. We just weren't ever told. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I think my mom. We just moved around a lot. My mom, you know, did up old houses and yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah I, I can see that. It, it, there's a lot of uh, about friendship, but also a lot about farm family. There definitely in, in there. Uh, it it also looks like you had a uh, some fun with repurposing uh, things, you know, and, and using them in different ways. And also, um, including some science facts or animal facts there. Um, how did you go about that? What was the idea? And yeah, with, with the science facts, like, it feels like people might think like, oh, he's intentionally included that stuff. So it's like educational or something, but it's just came from like trying to figure out what happens and, um, especially with the characters um like i love the idea of putting these animal characters in it and then i was like oh i probably need to think about like like well, there was there's a character that's like a salamander and initially she was a axolotl and mm-hmm. i started to think like wait can axolotls live out of water so i i researched it a bit and it was like they can only live for like you know you know a few like 40 minutes or something out of, out of water before they die. So yeah. I was like, oh no. So I have to change it to a salamander. And then, um, and then that, that naturally just kind of fed through to the story and, um, and the dialogue and the way the characters would introduce themselves. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I just started really loving that, that process of, of researching, uh, the animals and trying to, to kind of put that into their character somehow. Um, and the, the same with the environments as well. Like, um there's there's information about um kind of how caves are created but a lot of that is also due to um uh due to just kind of narrative things like um yeah um trying trying to figure out how how the characters navigate these caves i had to actually think about like how caves form and how water flows through them and and that kind of thing and the the whole the whole theme of the book i think is um it's got this kind of um uh mimicry feeling to it um that this character comes and they um they this like grand mimic um and i and i and i liked how um kind of like a cuttlefish can kind of change its skin and um and i, I really like how that um that that kind of co- corresponded with that feeling of going to school and you know like trying to fit in and trying to yeah. hide in amongst the, the the other people yeah. um and then um the the little things like i'm a huge fan of like yeah any story that has like but the borrowers and um but i my favorite um ghibli films is like ariete yes and it's yeah. like i think that's the best example ever of like that like a story with like little tiny people that they have to repurpose things because that, yeah. that film's amazing yeah. um and it also it's really fun just because it's like being a little kid again, um, trying to create little sets out of random objects. Um, and, but yeah, it's fun to be able to do that in a book. It's, it's also funny that like trying to tell a story that has like dramatic points, but characters are still like wearing little like fishing bobbers as like satchels, and yeah. it's kind of like a nice, but like a uh, juxtaposition. Yeah, <laughs> I think. That's cool. It's really cool. Uh, so, Remy, Ghost Book um, has just been published and is quite different to Picasso and Subaru in the Wild. A little bit spookier, as we've said before. Um, I, I really loved it as well. And the themes of life, death, friendship, you know, um, the sacrifice you mentioned before as well. Like, the story actually really touched me. And same with my son as well. So, you know, uh, for those who haven't read it, uh, can you tell us a bit about the story? Yeah, I will, but um, give me 10 seconds. Hold on. Sure. <laughs> so, and we're going to an outbreak. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, so I made these um, things for my school visit, so I will use them here now. <laughs> so um, uh, this is ghost book here, of course. 
And it is about this girl, July. So here is her face. So there. <laughs> yeah, that's her. So July. Yeah. So um, she's weird in that nobody um, nobody ever remembers her or ever remembers her name. Um, even her classmates who've been in the same uh, class with her for years, they don't remember her name. It's like she doesn't exist. And the other weird thing about her is that um, she can see ghosts. So um, yeah, really spooky. Um, but for her, because she's always been able to see ghosts, she's not really that bothered by them and they don't really do anything to her. Um, but the most annoying thing, I guess, about be, being able to see a ghost is that um, her father, her father doesn't believe that ghosts exist. And he always gets really angry with her whenever she talks to ghosts or talks about ghosts. So she pretends that ghosts don't exist. But one day she runs into this ghost. <laughs> so this is a little boy ghost. His name is William. Um, and he notices that she can see him. So here, they're not looking at each other here. <laughs> so, uh, but she pretends that he doesn't, he does, she doesn't see him, but he keeps uh he keeps harassing her. Um, but then later she finds out that, that he is not actually a ghost, so he's not really dead. Um, he's actually a wandering soul. So whose body, uh, whose soul, so the, the, his soul has left his body and it's not, it's unable to return to his body. Um, and, um, you know, it's a really bad time to be a wandering soul. Um, not that there's a good time, but it's the seventh month of the, on the lunar calendar. And that's when hungry ghosts uh, uh, come out from the underworld and they roam um, the living world. And one of those, um, those hungry ghosts, they're, um, they're not as cute. They're actually really spooky. So this is one <laughs> hungry yeah. ghost here. So they would eat um, a lot of things, um, including uh, wandering souls. So you can see now the, this hungry ghost wants to eat uh, William. Here. <laughs> so now July has to figure out, oh, how do I help? How do I help William? Um, how do I put his soul back into his body so that he's safe? Um, and while she's trying to figure out, she finds out that her fate um, is connected to Williams. And in order to put his soul back to his body, in order for him to live, um, she has to die. <laughs> so dun, dun, dun. <laughs> that's, that's the gist of the story. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. It's, it's a really beautiful story. And actually, one thing that... Um, that I really enjoyed and really stood out to, to me is that there's a lot of beautiful world building there as well. Uh, and so, you know, how did you go about creating the world of ghost book and, and um, were there any influences uh, there as well? You know? Um, yeah. So for me, I, I grew up um, in Singapore. Um, so I was around all this Chinese myths, um, it was just part of part of my life so um and it just felt natural for me to uh put them into my stories um and then of course i would and also growing up i saw many different um interpretations many different uh uh retellings of all these chinese myths um because i grew up in asia um so uh so when i was writing it it just felt natural and i I just felt natural to it just felt natural to put my own spin on things. Um, so for example, the 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 street markets in the underworld, it just felt natural because there are lots of street markets in Asia. So it just makes sense like um for, for there to be street markets um in the underworld. Um and then of course uh um we had a fav uh, a fabulous uh colorist. Uh, um, her name is Nina Gilliard. And so she 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 was the one who did the colorings uh, on Ghostbook, and so um, she's fantastic. That's cool. Um, I um, I watch a lot of Chinese movies, and uh, and I love um, one of my all time favorites is a Chinese ghost story. Beautiful movie. So there you go, um, Jason. Um, same thing, actually. Like uh, you know, how did you go about world building in your in your story as well? Because there's some beautiful world building there as well. Yeah, um, a lot of it's um, uh, definitely the environments and stuff are all based around like my childhood. Um, uh, yeah, I, I, my, my dad had a had this like shack up at um, uh, Harwick Bay, a place of Harwick Bay on the York Peninsula in South Australia. 
so a lot of the 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 environments and um and everything are based on 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 that i remember um at this place they they have these beaches that go out for sometimes you know like hundreds of meters um and there's like rock pools and islands that kind of form and and disappear out of sandbars and um i i remember looking back i just it was really magical place because um there was all these like little creatures that um that i had no idea what they they are i re- i remember like lying down in the in the sand just playing in the sand doing something as a little kid and these like weird little creatures came, <laughs> it sounds weird <laughs> weird little creatures like came out of the sand and i was like what what are they like i could i, I had no idea what they were and then they kind of like went back in the sand and disappeared and i'd never seen them before or since and in my mind, they they were like axolotls or something. And the, I go around and was like, they couldn't have been axolotls because they can't. They're like, we don't have them here. I think they're only in like Central America or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, someone someone recently told me that they were like mud skippers, probably, but I just didn't know there was these weird creatures. But yeah, it just made it feel so like such a little magical magical spot. Um, yeah, so I think that's that that's where a lot of it came from and also like holidays um through south america um yeah i'm mean, very very drawn i think when i'm starting a story um the the setting is what usually um what usually starts the story for me um the the character almost comes second or at the same time mm-hmm. um just just feeling yeah being being in a place um and get the atmosphere of that place is really yeah evocative to me that 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 that's actually cool that you mentioned that because it's it's true in in both of your graphic novels the setting is really really key and really important uh for the whole story and one thing that i really like with with you as well that um that you've done in both of them is actually you have a lot of uh, uh pages that are silent where we just you know go through the environment or uh you know um so yeah like silent sequential um moments that yeah are, are really beautiful so yeah that that's interesting that's cool <laughs> yeah I think, and i think that's just uh yeah just wanting to exist in the space in my own thoughts <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah cool stuff now um a question that i've already heard uh from a few kids at the library is uh will there be a second book <laughs> the plans for a second book jason oh um what's I- next <laughs> oh yeah, I definitely have plans for for more more Ember. Um, I've nothing, nothing's um nothing's official or anything yet. Um, yeah. but yeah, trying to trying to plan for for more and um, hopefully hopefully it goes well and the the publishers are on board and and all that. Um, yeah. so yeah, just just waiting to see how it goes and um, but yeah, I've I've, I've got I've got plans for for where it's going to go now and I'm pretty excited. But yeah. Well, it's just been published, uh, uh, and uh, and I already had a couple of kids asking me, uh, "Is there a second book?" Like, no. Yeah. <laughs> it's just been published. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so Tell them to talk to that. the publisher. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. And um, what about you, uh, Remy? Like, you've been very prolific, actually, uh, since Podcastle was published. You, you know, it's been a bit of a whirlwind. Um, you know, what's next for you? Uh, yeah, so I have the, uh, the book that I mentioned earlier that comes out next year, uh, Read at Your Own Risk, which is a very scary book. Um, I think Ghost Book is maybe four or five out of out of ten on like the spooky factor, but the one next year is uh, ten out of ten, <laughs> so that would be different. Um, and then after that, I have more um, graphic novels coming out, so I'm working on those graphic novels right now. But um, I would love to do a ghost book uh, sequel, but I don't know yet. I feel like there's another story there, but I haven't figured it out yet. So yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> but funny you talk about the the four out of five, four out of ten spookiness, because I really loved how um, I really love the balance you have of the comedy and the and the spookiness in it. Even that that first scene is so good. Um, like maybe. But it was really atmospheric and kind of somber at the start, and then that that first joke you introduced, where the 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 um the characters don't know which way the underworld is, they're like, oh, the underworld's this way actually. Like it's it was so perfectly like cut through the tension of that scene and like kind of set up the idea of the 
that balance of like the humor and the and the spookiness like yeah and, yeah, and, I, and I wondered whether that um that that is also a product of you like having a special um process where you sit down and actually think about the dialogue um oh. I, I feel like i have to make up jokes on the fly and like <laughs> maybe it right. would be better if i just sat down and thought about them yeah that 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 one that joke in the in the prologue was definitely uh deliberate because um i think like the opening scene is really important to set the tone yep. the um, to set and to set the readers expectations of what they're about to read um so i spent a lot of time on the openings and as for jokes um yeah i do have to really think hard about them because my editor also reads the manuscript and so if a joke is not funny <laughs> he cuts it do you ever say like but i can sell the joke the the characters will look funny or something sometimes sometimes i would say sometimes i knew that he wouldn't find it funny so i would leave a comment in my word document and say (laughs) give this a chance give this a chance (laughs) (laughs) that's cool and and um uh I'm a big horror fan, so I, I'm interested to to see what a Remy Lai horror <laughs> looks like. Yeah, you know. So, so yeah, you you got me on that one. I did want to uh, ask um, Remy one last question on the the prolific kind of front, like how how you manage to 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 balance all your your projects because you like have so many projects and they're all so high quality. I, I wonder how you like do you do you um. Do you just do them one at a time or do you like bounce between them like during the week or I bounce between them. I bounce between them, but not maybe not in a week, but maybe within months. So I would work yeah. for something for months. Because you know how like in publishing you have to wait uh for like your editor to get back with you to you with notes or yeah. to get back for editing to comes back. And so during those laws, I would just work on another thing. Yeah, yeah. Um yeah. Yeah, and I, 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 I think I have too many ideas too, so I just want <laughs> to get them all out. <laughs> and good. and a lot of hard work, I imagine as well, because drawing takes a lot, a long time. So I I know that doing a graphic novel takes a very long time. So yeah, you, you must spend a lot of time working pretty hard yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know how jason can uh write and draw i mean a draw so quickly and color because i don't color so if i had to color i cannot but <laughs> yeah <laughs> i think um the doing that animation stuff like for so long i think um some something about that business kind of like really makes you very frantic with your drawing <laughs> i don't know <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Uh, and you you call uh, your work yourself, Jason? Yeah, right? yep, yep. Yeah, yeah. So, yep. yeah, that's for, yeah. for this one I I I think every single book I do, I think this time I won't have any line work in the background and I'll just paint it. Um and then I just go back, I run back to the line work going, "No, I need lines to figure out what's going on." Um but yeah, for for this one I kind of tried to find a balance between the the painty stuff and the the line work. So a lot of it's like there's one there's one page at the start there's barely any line work so I kind of have to I yeah. don't know I don't know if anyone else could color it like where they're like going into I mean even even this one where where like the the oh damn blur yeah what I'll page is me. that Jason um, oh yeah I can see that yeah it's uh I'm not sure it's a thirty two okay yeah 32. um yeah. So, so a lot of it's not not even not yeah. even line work. It's just um, it's j- just painting, and I, I found that really fast. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Very cool. Um, well, uh, at the end of our creative chats, we actually like to get book rec- uh, recommendations or graphic novel recommendations. Um, so. Can you please mention a graphic novel or two, whatever, that, that you've been reading lately and uh, that you recommend to everyone? Of course, we recommend these two absolute beauties. Yeah. <laughs> Read them and put them in kids' hands. They'll thank you for it. Uh, but, uh, yeah, what do you recommend, Jason? 
Um, I, I read um, this is definitely not for kids, uh, but the Slaughterhouse Five graphic novel that oh, came yeah. out a few years ago. Um, it was by Ryan North who who wrote it, and um, was it Albert Montes? Obviously, Kurt Vonnegut um, wrote the the original book that it was adapted from. And yeah, I really love that. Um, it, it would, a lot of it just because it was it would have been such a hard book to to adapt. There's a lot of um, it, like the timelines very nonlinear, and um, there's a lot of kind of abstract concepts in it that they had to adapt. And I thought they just did an amazing job. So that yeah, that was a that was a, a big one. Um, but I also uh, read through. Um, I really really enjoyed it. Yeah. 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 I, I, I also read through uh, Cuckoo by Joe Sparrow that has um, a beautiful, really beautiful, uh, very minimal, well, c- kind of minimal uh, uh, design work, um, very sharp and, yeah, like I, I feel like I just couldn't do this. <laughs> like it's it's so, like, nicely designed. Um, but, yeah, I recommend that as well. Cool stuff. What about you, Remy? Uh, I I've recently read and loved. Um, it's by uh, Graham Annabel. Uh, he, uh, School of Screams. So it's a graphic novel. Uh, with I think uh four short stories. Uh, spooky short stories. Um, so that one. Um, I really loved it. And then um, the the one I'm looking forward to reading is by Emily Carroll. Carroll Emily um who does spooky books, spooky graphic novels. So she has an adult one um coming out. It's called I think it's a guest in the house. Um, I think yeah. that's the title. That's, yeah, that's awesome. I'm looking forward to that one. I think I think one of her short stories uh, in th- um, is it Into the Woods um, yeah. it was like maybe the biggest inspiration for me to like getting into comics that ah. is baseball read. I, I love. I read that every like few months. I go back and read it. It's so good. But yeah, I, I'm so excited for that book. That's cool. And and Remy, you're obviously going. Uh, on a spooky face <laughs> you're in the middle of a spooky face it's like no i just need more spooky stories <laughs> cool stuff excellent well um thank you so much uh for joining us today it's it's been wonderful to catch up with you too uh and i hope that the books do really well and um yeah thank uh, you so much for having us yeah thank you it's great yeah. to chat so uh, thank you, everyone, for listening or watching if you're watching in YouTube. And, uh, you know, um, there will be more creative chats this year as well. Um, so we do them when we can uh, because we're all volunteers in this group. Uh, but, uh, yeah, light up your brain and read comics. <laughs>